Our moment in time today is February 13, 1855, when the state of Michigan enacted a law that eventually compelled 11 southern states to secede from the Union. Before the abolition of slavery in the United States, a major issue between the North and the South was the return of the enslaved who had run away. In the mid-19th century, a series of events galvanized the resolve of the nation's abolitionists, especially the passing of a strong Fugitive Slave Act in 1850, one that gave incredible favor to slaveholders. Several northern states began to pass what were known as personal liberty laws, laws that granted protections to anyone accused of being a runaway slave. Michigan passed their own personal liberty law in 1855, which granted those accused the writ of habeas corpus, access to an attorney, and a jury trial. The state made things particularly difficult for slave catchers by denying them access to state facilities, imposing harsh fines for any false accusation or imprisonment, and forcing slave catchers to obtain two credible witnesses to validate their accusation. While Northerners argued these laws protected the free citizens of the state, the motives behind the laws were clear. They were meant to disrupt the recapture of those who absconded from the slaveholding South. In the mid-19th century, Michigan was well known for its hostility against slavery. The state had numerous slave abolitionists, many of whom worked in the secretive Underground Railroad. Some of Michigan's well-known abolitionists were Laura Haviland, George DeBaptiste, William Lambert, and Erastus Hussey. Through their efforts and the efforts of their colleagues, it is estimated that roughly 50,000 people escaped bondage and made their way to Michigan. Some of them settled in the state, Many others fled to Canada, where their freedom was more secure. Because of Michigan's anti-slavery efforts, Henry Clay of Kentucky dubbed the state a hotbed of radicalism. The personal liberty law certainly gave credence to that appellation. Southerners were livid over Northerners' personal liberty laws, and they were further incensed by the North's obvious defiance to federal authority. Even when the United States Supreme Court ruled against the personal liberty laws, northern state legislatures refused to obey the ruling. Moreover, several declarations of secession of the Confederate states in one way or another referenced the personal liberty laws as justification for their dissolution of the U.S. Constitution. Southerners regularly cited federal authority to justify slavery and the recapture of slaves. However, through the 1850s and 1860s, as more Southerners believed Washington further moved away from protecting slaveholding interests, Southern state legislatures began arguing that it was their right as sovereign states to maintain slavery within their borders. They eventually abandoned the argument of federal authority and rallied around the concept of states' rights. Concurrently, they demanded that the northern states repeal their personal liberty laws, and by doing so, this would spare the Union from being torn apart. Despite this outcry from Southerners and Northern supporters, Michigan remained steadfast in its abolition efforts. February 13, 1855 marks the beginning of the state government's involvement in abolition. In defense of the law, officials offered a familiar argument. Governor Austin Blair stated in his inaugural speech that no rights of the Southern states had been violated by the passing of the personal liberty law. And because of states' rights, Michigan was free to enact them. I'm Matthew Thick, adjunct professor of history, and this moment in time is in production of the Delta College History Department and Delta College Public Radio.